turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. Do you know where your money is invested? Chances are that your hard-earned dollars are being used to fund the woke mob. In these crazy times, investment managers are using your money to support their woke ESG agenda. Many of you are already boycotting and closing up your wallets to stores that blatantly display evil. But do you know what your IRA, 401k, and other investments are supporting? Alliance and Trust can show you exactly where your money is going and help you make the necessary changes to align your investments with your values. Go to friendofbrice.com to talk to an Alliance member today and get a free values alignment report to make that change today. I'm a proud client of Alliance and Trust, and this is a paid advertisement. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. So today, my guest is in this battle with me. He uh, is uh, in the entertainment business for many years. Um, By his bio, it's like he's done almost every job, it seems. And um, during the pandemic, this guy pivoted, like um, many of us, uh, to getting after it and fighting for uh, truth, justice, and the American way and pushing back against the people who have the control and the power. So please welcome to the show, John Davidson. He's the creator and co-host of Broken Truth, and uh, they got a movie and some other things coming out, and we're going to talk about it. Hey, John, how are you? Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for having yeah. me, Bryce. Yeah, so um, so real quick, you know, give give kind of the highlights of uh, of your bio. You'll do that better than me, and uh, you know, okay. tell tell your story, and um, and then let's uh, get into what you're involved in. So, uh, for the last uh, I don't know twenty five years or so, I worked in entertainment, and I started out at CNN, and uh, moved to California, created a company, and worked with a lot of different studios and networks, and. Uh, Learned a significant bit about the entertainment industry in California, and uh, I was a small fish, but I worked in a lot of different places, so you would have seen some of my work, but you would have known it was me. Uh, Like I did the uh, graphic animations of the Atom models for Big Bang Theory. Uh, I worked for, you know, FX, Fox, 20th Century Fox, I think, Um, Disney... the discovery, all the discovery networks. So, so I mean, I was, I was, I got around, and uh, and it was a good, good experience. I got to work with some pretty amazing people like Chris Pratt, and um, you know, it was a, it was a nice, nice, nice time. But then 2020 happened, and uh, initially, I was the guy telling everybody to stay home. So I'm, I'm that asshole. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I. I did these uh some God, I don't know just God put it in my heart to be very panicked about covid more more concerned about anything I'm more concerned about that than anything I'd ever been worried about in my life and initially I was the one telling people at the networks um that that this thing was something was coming right and uh and I made these home like uh these stay home campaigns for discovery TLC and whatever 
And then I uh, tried to really sort of pivot that into this, how do we respond as a nation? And I, and I wanted us to come together. And I think one of the things that I said to the networks, and I was very, very brazen about it as a vendor to do this, but I said, I don't, I said, we need to stop baiting Trump with questions designed to just trigger answers that upset everybody. So we really need to come together as a nation and I want him rested and making the best decisions. Uh, and of course the networks proceeded to do the exact opposite. And at the time I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't believe that people would exploit, um, a crisis for, I mean, I knew that they would. I don't, but it just, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was, I was trying to get us to duck a cyanide breeze, right? Like that's what we were told was coming. And, uh, I, I couldn't believe that, um, political people would exploit that to the extent that they did. And once I did realize it, I started, uh, sort of becoming like Batman, right? I started still working with the networks, but also, trying to aid doctors you know who wanted to prescribe hydroxychloroquine okay so and let's let, if we can let's uh, pause here i, I want to go back a little bit because you you know right when you said okay you were you know you were one of those guys um what sure. what about it just um because i'm curious i i had a different take you know kind of right from the beginning um and sure. and i i you know give room obviously for for a lot of folks that that had different thoughts but but you know, stay on that for a moment. What what were you thinking at the time? Um, just the trusting of the doctors, or you know, what what was your thought process um, in in regards to what it was? So I, have, I mean, I worked in news, and when you work in news, it sort of becomes part of your blood. Even even though I had been out of it for twenty five years, um, I I was always I wouldn't say extremely conservative, but definitely more conservative than most of the people that I worked with or was friends with. And uh, what I saw was a lot of what I think now was a psychological operation out of China, uh, which was, you know, all the people falling down. And I, mm -hmm. and I was really scrutinizing and I was talking to doctors. I was trying to get answers to what this potential thing was. And uh, when Zero Hedge got banned off Twitter, that was a huge red flag for me because that, that meant that there was something else going on. And I was already concerned about... Chinese influence on our government and our colleges and everything else. So uh, when you look at a book called Unrestricted Warfare, uh, oh, yeah. which is, you, you, if you know about it, very, um, it's basically... Yeah, very, very familiar. Uh, it basically identifies all of the different methods used to destroy us that the Chinese could implement. Uh, and not just the Chinese, but other other countries as well. So that that all combined together to panic response for me. And so that made me consider that this was maybe a biological attack um, because that is another component of unrestricted warfare, right? To destroy your enemy from within and uh, without firing a shot. So all of those things together really made me feel like I needed to make people aware I mean, and I, I mean, let me just, just so you understand how concerned I was. In February of 2020, um, we had a birthday party for my daughter, and I was like, "This is going to be the last time we're going to have any kind of big public event." And I mentioned something about it to uh, someone I knew, and she goes, "Are you still on that whole 
COVID thing, February of 2020. So I had been worried about it for at least six weeks at that point. And, uh, and then, of course, now every person that I knew who said I was crazy at that point has gone out and gotten that stupid shot, <laughs> which Ooh. I also warned them about. I said, it's is way too rushed. <laughs> Don't yeah. trust it. Uh, and, then, and then they all got it. All of them. Yeah, all well, of the people well, who said I was crazy. Yeah, it sounds like you, you came um, by way of your, your thought process honestly, which I, I don't think a lot of people did. A lot of people just, you know, uh, kind of swallowed the line, you know, hook, hook, line, and sinker, and then just went on with whatever tribal affiliation they decided they, they you know, were, were part of at that time and just right. went down that path. Because, you know, I was aware very early, earlier than most, because of – uh, guys that I'm associated with in the intelligence services and, you know, kind of people that are on the, you know, front front lines of the uh, of the in the know battle. And and so I, I was aware of it. I got sick. Uh, I was in New York in, in late 2019, you know, came back and was and was sick. Um, and it was definitely something that felt like, oh, boy, man, what was that? That really hit me. Um, you know, again, I, I I took it as a flu, or you know, but I almost never get sick, you know, and it 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 you know rocked me pretty good for seven days, and then um, thought, okay, um, you know, for me, my faith had a lot to do with how I sure. thought it was going to go. I did not believe I, you know, I had one moment where I sat at my desk when we were given because again, some of uh, some of my relationships, we were given passes by the sheriff's department in case they really lock things down and uh and so i thought i had that conversation with with a friend and i thought wow could this be real and then i i kind of went nah i don't think god's going to take us out this way but my question for you is this and i think i know your answer right now people are are talking about you know you saw that atlantic article you know months ago about covid amnesty and now certain people who were very much like lock these people down and if they don't get vaccinated uh, you know, don't let them engage in society. Those folks are now coming back out and saying, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we were wrong, but, you know, you just need to move on and, um, you know, forgive us. But we're not going to ask for forgiveness. We're going to just say, you know, it was the best best week had at the time. It was the best available information we had. We did we did our best. You you rubes just got it lucky. You guys were just just happened to be right, like a broken clock, you know, sort of a thing. So, right, um, not they're not asking for forgiveness, and a lot of these people need to be held accountable for the things that they did to us. So, there were people that exploited it. For I was sure. not exploiting this thing. I didn't want lockdowns. I just was concerned that we needed to figure out what was going on, and uh, to that end. I'm not entirely sure that we weren't attacked with a biological weapon, especially based yeah, we on might some have the interactions. Well, you, the, what I mean would be like you, we think that a biological weapon would be something that you know would de- devastate, you know, and kill fifty percent of the society or whatever. That that's not. If you approach you don't need this that. from no, what you needed was something that could create um, a significant number of unexplainable pneumonias. In a concentrated area, that, in conjunction with a psychological operation, especially people falling dead in China and things like that, uh, and then also in Iran and then Italy and whatever else, 
that in conjunction with a strategically released biological weapon uh, would would achieve the goal of forcing the society to shut down and create lockdowns and mask mandates and all these other things, which then could influence an election in nine months. Yeah. Simultaneously, you could get a lot of people on board because that kind of activity would then create a massive financial response uh, in terms of funding for vaccines and fake drugs like remdesivir, which did more harm than good. Um, But you would need to coordinate that development with ensuring that no available and affordable drugs would be allowed to work. Hence, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin had to be uh, attacked and and claimed uh, called deadly, and that's part of what my documentary on hydroxychloroquine is, is um, the media response, but also the sham studies that were designed to make this drug look deadly. Hydroxychloroquine is based off of, you know, as as you saw in the t- uh, teaser, cinchona, which was uh, quinine, which was the first infectious disease medication ever invented. So these people, and it basically also was tonic water. (laughs) So they created a scare campaign against tonic water, uh, and and it worked. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's bizarre. Um, You know the uh, well, very explainable because, like you said, and and I and whether this was a bioweapon released intentionally or not. We know that gain of function and the research that they're doing has an application in bioweapons technology. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that that was a pursuit. We know that that's something that our, our government and China and others have engaged in. Um, that, sure. that is really uh, indisputable. Whether it was released on purpose or not. People exploited it. These, the you know, it could have been an accidental release. It could have been incompetence. It could have been a number of things. Um, but what it did do was a massive transfer of wealth. Um, you know, in, in what they did in their response. But then, like you mm-hmm. said, also Pfizer and all these big pharmaceutical companies. I mean, you know, many many billionaires were created. And, sure. and many small businesses were destroyed. And so, you know, we saw that and it was pretty clear that they got the effect that many people intended and many people just exploited it along the way and, and did very, very well. Right. Now, um, I, in, in the process of, of doing this, I worked with a lot of doctors uh, for public service announcements to get them, you know, I, I wanted to create something that sort of helped identify the frontline workers in April and May of 2020 in New York, especially. So I got a few uh, and they were very gracious and they participated in this campaign. Um, Then I was asked to do a mask campaign, uh, which got delayed and delayed until like August of 2020. And by that point I had agreed to do it, but I was very much not interested in the idea. Um, However, if I say I'm going to do something, I usually do my best to do it. Um, so I agreed. My, I let my company do it. I didn't really participate too heavily in it. And, uh, and it was very obvious that these people were actually collaborating with the Biden campaign. 
um, mm-hmm. that I, I, I was, I was like, look, I'm sorry that I, I just, I don't want it to be about the politics. Um, if people want to wear masks, if that, that's what makes them feel safe, great. But I don't, I can't do a scare campaign again because I just don't think that's a- appropriate. So I kept it pretty light and, and, you know, I, it, my opinion is that God was probably wanting me to do that. Um, so that I could turn around and have this conversation and say, look, I was one of you guys. Um, so, so part of this documentary is a little bit of my wake up story or awakening story and my walk away story or whatever else you want to call it. Um, maybe one of the reasons why I'm not really attacked is because I was co-producer on a film that had drag queens in it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have electric cars and solar panels and they're awesome. And I drove them across the country and I break all the rules that both sides seem to think <clears throat> are entrenched, you know, entrenched things like for here, here's a great example of why I don't necessarily fit perfectly in the right. I will expose the fact that a study came out. You probably saw it on citizen free press or something that said that the average cost per gallon for an electric car of a- after a full ownership is like 17 bucks a gallon, right? Did you see that? No, no. And wait, say that again, though. The full cost of ownership of electric vehicle? Uh, of an electric vehicle is like $17 a gallon. It comes out to that. And, right. uh, and I was like, that sounds like complete bullshit. <laughs> um, so then I looked, and... Yes, it was funded by uh, some family council group out of Texas, but then, uh, surprise, that group gets their funding from the oil lobby. So, so you know, and, and this is the exact same kind of uh, conflict of interest or uh, financial bias that I would use against pharmaceutical companies or the academic companies that are getting, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from the Gates Foundation who is adamant that vaccines are going to be the solution. So, so you know, we all have to be cognizant on both sides that, that there can be influential results to a study that support the financier of said study, whether, whether we agree with them or not. And, and I, maybe that's... You talk about tribalism, and I, I'm not really uh, supported by any tribe, but I don't believe that uh, our schools should be uh, transitioning children. Yeah, so um, let's 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 just I want let's pause on your your prior statement, okay? Um, <laughs> okay, because because I think that's great. No, and I I, I want to explore because you know before we jump to to that and let's okay. talk about that, I want to explore the first, which is. I agree with you 100%, okay? And I don't want, even if, let's say, I believe in the oil industry, and I am not, uh, I'm not high on electric vehicles, okay, personally. Um, I think diversity is great when it comes to electrical and gas. (laughs) I think think free market, okay? I'm a free market guy, and and if you you let the free market be unrestrained, Okay, right. because what we have right now is not capitalism, you know, and again, capitalism is sort of a funny invented word. Right. But what we're right. really talking about, what what uh, our founding fathers envisioned, what uh, what, you know, a lot of the West was built on in terms of democracy was the idea of free markets. We do not have free markets. Uh, you know, the um, every time we do, though, people amass wonderful wealth 
and we make incredible strides in technology, and then the government steps in, picks and chooses winners and losers, and then, and then it goes uh, south from there. For instance, the internet is a perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of technology is a perfect example. You know, if the people invented things out of their brains and science fiction books, ran with it, created a market. The regulators didn't catch up to it for a while. You had incredible right. explosive growth. Lots of people had opportunity. People exploited, in the best sense of the word, that opportunity, and then and then you get you get it all clamped back down upon. And, and, right. and stifled in favor of the people who own the lobbying groups and everything else. And then, you know, and then we have what we have now. So I, I'm absolutely down with that when it comes to things like electric vehicles and the oil industry and all that stuff. Let right. them advance, you know, but don't lie to me and tell me that electric vehicle is great for the environment when you have uh, poor Congolese slave children digging cobalt out of the ground. Um, and and right. we're and we're raping and pillaging the earth in order to create these batteries that we're going to have a heck of a, a, a time properly disposing of. But sure. everybody thinks that that electrical vehicles are are the you know great um, solution to it all, and and they just simply are not. They're another alternative, though. Election season is upon us, but we vote every day with our dollars. Look, we can no longer put the blame on ignorance. I'm telling you, we need to make a stand now. Don't let your money be spent on evil by promoting the woke mob and their ESG agenda. Yes, I'm talking about your investments. Instead, find out where your money is invested and get a free values alignment report with my friends at Alliance and Trust today. Go to friendofbrice.com to talk to an Alliance member to make a change today. I'm a proud client of Alliance and Trust, and of course, this is a paid advertisement. Right, uh, and I think, I th- I think there's a lot of a lot of conflicting information that comes out about that. You know, we have a cobalt mine yeah. in the United States. Yeah. You know, we have we a trillion dollar own. mother load. <laughs> yeah, we have a trillion dollar mother load of lithium in Nevada. Yeah. Just ask yeah, Catherine but- Cortez Masto. Yeah, but we don't want to. We don't want to use our energy here. We want. We, you know, we want the messy stuff you know to be away to from us. We're huh. trying to build a train to take the lithium out of Truckee River or whatever it is, all the way to the port, so that we can ship it to China, so they can profit off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're we can't, we're, we look, can't we're score morons. ourselves over fast enough in this country. Yeah, no, we're morons, and we're committing a, a form of national suicide right now. Right. But but to, it's to your point. To your point that you made earlier, you and I are on the same page with that, and I think all of us should be, regardless of whatever um, you know the media or the powers that be right now that want us to be divided. R- regardless of what right. they're saying, you know, and that's why I'm a political philosopher. Not not really, although I am a member of the Republican Party. I'm certainly not a uh, you know I'm certainly not in love with what either political party has done. I do not trust almost any politician. There's a, there's about four that I can name that I think are are doing uh, honest work, but the vast majority of them are controlled by special interests, and that's why right. we're going down the tubes as fast as we are. So anyway, right. um, now you wanted to talk about schools. <laughs> Let's go. Well, uh, so, so yeah, so, so one, of the, one of the side projects that I'm doing is um, I'm trying to help develop 
a template for a new type of local news website. Uh, so yeah. one of those is, is sort of an example is freelaguna.com, and that is in conjunction with uh, some friends of mine at World Tribune or Free Press International is is their they're they're trying to be sort of a more uh, balanced version of the Associated Press. So every day they create about half a dozen articles or so across different topics, and uh, you can subscribe to their feed and get your sto- stories for your local news website or paper. So I've sort of set it up as a template, and you can see like local news at the top, and then national, international, technology, health, you know. Uh, human interest kind of stories uh, at the bottom. And I, I think that there's something there because we're not getting properly served local news. So one of these things that we did was a story where I sort of had alerted people that, hey, Capistrano Unified School District is going to be uh, voting on this um, parental notification policy. Uh, that if the school, and it's actually the, the policy as it was voted on was pretty watered down. It didn't discuss transition or anything. It was really just a mental health thing. And if your child has gender dysphoria, that was going to be one of the criteria for alerting parents to what the school would inevitably do, which is to start changing pronouns of little children um, because they're dysphoric. Uh, mm-hmm. And, we organized, or actually we didn't even really have to organize, we just told parents about it, that what was coming and that there was going to be a vote. And so what happened was you had a crowd of people in white on the right side that felt that parents should be notified, and a crowd of people in purple on the left with rainbow flags, because somehow mental health, is they associate it with, with uh, forced outing of gay children mm-hmm. to their families. Um, and I can respect that argument, you know, if a kid is gay or whatever, but there's a large, large leap between being gay and being gender dysphoric. So I, uh, I, 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 I feel like they're conflating that, that fight so that they can, they can push transgenderism and, uh, you know, that that's a difficult topic to talk about because people don't want to people don't want to address it but one of the things that was a positive even though the vote the vote was not one parents will not be notified if the school thinks the kids have a mental illness issue wow um yeah that that's i mean and then the a similar thing had been passed in other counties and districts uh in in this area so it was unusual that Laguna and uh, San Juan Capistrano and San Clemente, like those areas typically are conservative, but, you know, are, are, are entities that regulate schools and whatnot and cities in some instances are hijacked. Yes, Um, they are. And, uh, and, and it's, it's very, it's very sad because I think the majority, especially in San Juan Capistrano, uh, where you have a high Latino population, they don't know that this is going on. The messaging isn't getting there, and I think that that is something that I've been trying to tell my friends on the right. Like, hey, if you want to win the future, because that's what we're in a fight for right now is a future fight. Um, will we be vassals to other countries, or will we be a strong, independent nation 
that is a shining light for freedom. Yeah. Um, well, you you and I could uh, you know definitely join forces there because you know we need to be a sovereign nation and we need to you know make that decision that we want to be going forward because we're losing that battle right now. We got to brush up on our Spanish, Padre. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Um, we do. I, I don't. I don't think though that that's where um, the danger is coming from. I think the danger no, no, is I, coming from. I think that. I think we have allies uh, who are, are predominantly Spanish-speaking right now, oh, and if they understood. understood what's going on, they'd be with us. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I do, I do agree on that. Um, yeah, and I, I think though the the battle um, tra- is traced back to um, at least what we're facing with respect to a lot of this stuff is is really a Marxist takeover. Yes. Um, and and that is um, a very seriously evidenced in what you're seeing in our schools, because that idea that parents should not be notified if there's suspected mental health issues with children is is purely because they believe that they own our kids and they are the ones right. that are primarily responsible for our kids. The state is what runs them. And most of the people in charge of those institutions Kind of secretly, you know, they won't always come out and say it. Some of them do, but they secretly think that they're educated in in dealing with children, and the parents right. are, are rubes who do not um, have the specialized knowledge that they carry, and so therefore they're the ones that are going to keep our kids safe. And it's not the parents' job responsibility. You know, they just get the privilege if they decide right. to. Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh when I did the story um, on the the follow up story about it, I felt I said everybody won, because what was great was um, you had a lot of parents uh, and you had a lot of people on the right side who were exposed to the fact that a lot of these kids, because a lot about 30, twenty or thirty or forty kids got up and uh, spoke right before the vote, they they staged it. So that only advocates would speak right before the vote almost exclusively. Um, and then parents spoke at the very beginning of the night. Um, but parents were exposed to the fact that some of these kids are gay. Mm-hmm. No way around it. They are. And, uh, uh, and that they are struggling. And they are also exposed to the fact that a lot of kids are confused. And the kids were exposed to, to concepts that they don't get told about specifically that there's no long-term data on the um, mental health status of transitioned people 20 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Some coming. You can't undo. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's coming and we're starting to see it already. And we're seeing this earthquake building. And unfortunately, because of the decisions they've made along these lines and what they're pushing, you're, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to uh, hate and resent their parents. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of parents that are, you know, going along with this stuff or pushing these kids into it as well. Um, uh, they're going to have been made, uh, they're going to have been encouraged to make decisions that are going to be life long uh life lifelong and consequential in in ways that they cannot even understand right now at, right. at their you know immature uh stat- state of development and i mean we're we're talking about brutal brutal things they're weaponizing teen angst for political purpose 
For sure. I mean, that's what cutting was about and all those sort of things. You know, the emo movement, you know, where all these, you know, young girls were, you know, dressing in uh, angsty black clothes and dark makeup and all those things. I mean, historically, we have all kinds of precedent for things that that girls uh, especially because that's that's who's the predominant, um, you know, uh, target group right now for this transgender stuff, autistic girls. Um, we had precedent for all kinds of little teenage angst, and, but all of those things were things that they could get through and reverse right. course on later on in life. I've got friends that were, you know, desperately angsty, emo, you know, we, all, all kinds of crazy things that are, you know, beautiful, you know, women uh, happy uh, today. And, and yet we're, yeah. we're playing into that, that game now. Well, hey, I, you know, we only have a, a little bit longer. I really want to uh, make sure we... Um, you know, uh, have ways to support you, including on this film. So do you want to talk about that and, you know, kind of really highlight that? So, yeah, so Epidemic of Fraud is uh, sort of the, and I originally made it in 2020 and no one was allowed to see it because it was essentially banned. Um, And uh, and I could go into that. That's a longer story. But the story essentially is, the media response to hydroxychloroquine and our academic response, how, how it was labeled and slandered, and, and it's such a beneficial drug. It has uh, potential effects as being an anti-cancer treatment. Um, I just saw a study yesterday on glioblastomas that can be regulated possibly with hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine. Um, and, and, it's, and it's astounding to me that that the majority of our country fell for it. But what's even more concerning is that it fell on political divides. Yeah. And uh, so part of what we do is look at that and we look at the people and players that were involved. And and I think now I realize what the deep state really is. It's this entrenched system of government in the, uh, especially the DC and Virginia and Maryland areas of people who just exist to sap the blood from our country. Yeah, and uh, they are they are part of like the Anthony Fauci's of this world, um, but but not just that. Like they're within the, they're in the FDA and HHS. So they all exist to feed these pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Gilead and whatever else, and uh, they think of us as jokes. Yeah, well, that is true. Um, so. Um it, well, and I, I I think that's true, but it's not all the Anthony Fauci types, you know, because there's a lot of mid-level He's bureaucrats. He's just the face of it. Yeah, but there's a ton of these mid-level bureaucrats. There's hundreds of thousands of them that that uh, are are weighing down our government. And yes, they are they're designed specifically. Their roles, you know, uh, many of them duplicative and 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 redundant are um, you know to to just continue to um, you know really live right. off the back of the taxpayer. And what I want to so, say, too, is um, if anybody does want to donate, they can donate and get their name in the credits if they get in there in the next couple of days. Um, I'm trying to get this out by mid, uh, mid-November. mid um, And, you know, th- this is uh, – if this works and uh, it, it's received well uh, and there's financial support for it, then, you know, I'm happy to pursue more because, you know, part of this job is I've interviewed – a lot of families who were injured by the vaccines um, and, and they've gotten no support from the federal government. 
yeah. whether or not it's a huge issue or if it's uh, selective um, or, or, or a small percentage of the people that got the vaccines were damaged or harmed. I mean, that's looking less and less likely now. Um, but regardless, they should have been uh, received and taken care of. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, we're, we're running out of time here, but I wanted to, to make sure you get in. How do we, how do we donate? Yeah. Um, where do we go and, and see it? And how do we follow you? So you can go to brokentruth.com and uh, you can click the donate button there. You can go follow me on Twitter. That's where we put a lot of stuff up. Like today, we listed all the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donations across the United States. So you can see Broken Truth at Broken Truth TV uh, on Twitter and uh, brokentruth.com. Well, hey, we'll have to uh, get you back on and do a, a, a longer one too, because you know sure. I want to explore some of the uh, some of the other ideas and, and thoughts you have, you know, surrounding these things. But um, yeah, we'll definitely check it out. Love to support it. So, Thanks, you know, hey, um, to God be the glory, and we are sure. out. Hey, thank you for watching or listening to this show. If you are someone who listens to us on the podcast apps, please go to our Rumble channel. Even if you're not going to watch us there, we'd appreciate you hitting subscribe. We want to boost those numbers up and make sure that that channel continues to grow. But again, thank you so much for listening to us.